Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome back to Sharp and Hot, episode number four with me, your host, Emily Peterson, coming to you on HeritageRadioNetwork.org from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. With me today in the studio is a very special guest storyteller, Davey Rothbart. Davey is the creator and editor of Found Magazine and is in Brooklyn because tomorrow night at the Powerhouse Arena in Brooklyn Heights, he is celebrating the paperback release of his book, My Heart is an Idiot. Welcome, Davey. Thanks, Emily. Do you say, my heart is an idiot, or do you say, my heart is an idiot? Um, <laughs> my heart is an idiot. Yeah, it's a, um, well, it's, a, it's a relatable phrase. A lot of people have told me, you know, their heart's an idiot, too. So I think it's, you know, we've all been there. I totally understand. When I read it, I was like, yep, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> I've been the girl a couple times in the stories. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about the, bo- uh, the book more in a second. But um, I'm going to warn you that as a fellow storyteller, I'm really good at talking about myself. So I'm going to try to give you as much time as possible um, to talk. I did an interview once with a celebrity chef named Eric Repair, and it was a total train wreck. And both Why? of us, it was just, it was so awkward and it was so terrible. And a friend of mine d- did his PR and he had released a cookbook. And I was like, she called me and she's like, do you want to interview? And I was like, yeah. And like, I had no idea how to do an interview. And I, <laughs> what I'd like to say is I've done a lot of research and I've, you know, figured it out. And the answer actually is that I haven't done that. I haven't really learned anything well, since then. I think then, that's so. cool because okay. I think, you know, there's, there's a certain kind of interview you see on like TV, like these talk shows and late night shows and it just it doesn't feel very genuine it feels like it doesn't feel like two people actually interacting it feels like kind of uh scripted like how do you plug this latest right. movie project or whatever so i kind of prefer <laughs> a thing where you're actually having a real conversation and just talking about life and whatever awesome okay so i'm going to start by asking you a personal question that i've had to get off my chest anything um as i was reading your book i kept flipping through or flipping back to your author picture and looking for clues in your story because I really feel like I know you. Yeah. So I kept flipping. I'm like, I don't know. And there wasn't really anything. But So I went to a photo album, which is a, a thing that's dying. And I'm really sad about that because I knew exactly where this picture was of this person that I thought you were. So I'm going to show you the picture. Yes. And I- is that you? Okay. Let me see. Is this me? You're passing me <laughs> a, a photo. Is this a found photo? No. I took that photo. On the back, it says who I think it is. I mean, it says who it actually is. Right. Um, but, but you're, so I look like this guy from this random photo that you took 11 years ago, it yeah, looks like, God, from the, from the date. years ago. Well, yep. no, it's funny. The guy on the right here looks like a friend of mine back in Ann Arbor, Michigan, my hometown. Okay. But, um, but this guy that you're pointing to, you know, I mean, we've got the same nose. Okay, wait, and I'll show you. A, a, lot, a lot of people... This, they, this they, is they, the they, one, that, it's like the same profile. I have a second photograph. A, a lot of people say that uh, and actually, we've got the same Everlast chin strap that I've been rocking since like '98. Yep. <laughs> and uh, but no, a lot of people, if they have a friend with the same nose or chin strap, yep. they're like, uh, "Yeah, you look just like my friend." Yeah. Um, and I was 35 in this picture. Just kidding, I was 20. Um. Nice. Well, this oh, well, okay. this one, yeah, no, he's cool. The thing I never had, well, what what little hair I've ever had, I, I never had it like gelled up 
Okay. Like that. I've never actually used a hair product in my life. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. And then that definitely wasn't so, you so, because yeah. he relied heavily on hair products. Yeah. Although I was kind of hoping. I mean, I'm happy that it's friendly fine. looking guy though. I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure he's a good, a good pal. I'll tell you a story. We used to call him. Um, He's, there's no chance that he's listening to this. We used to call him GSM because he was the gayest straight man we knew. That's why it says GSM on the back. So I had to come up with a whole story about what I was going to say to you if you flipped it over and said, who's GSM? And I was just going to say, I didn't remember. You needed a cover story. Yeah, and it was on I don't well, remember. Well, this is on the internet. I mean, I'm guessing this is going to be archived it will uh, be. on your website. And, it will be. And I mean, are you still Facebook friends with GSM? Are no, you still at, in but touch his first with him at all? Name, nope, not at all. And his first name is Dave, though. I do remember that much. So well, somewhere out there, know that he's GSM. there's somebody who knows yeah. a Dave who could potentially be a GSM. They're probably going to yep. link, send him this link. With the chin so you might, Yeah, so you might be in trouble. But he had to know that that was his nickname. <laughs> yeah, I had to leak out somewhere I or another. I, we, we thought we were being, uh, the girls thought we were being pretty good about hiding it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm having you on as my first guest because I like getting non-food world people to cool. come in and talk about food. Um, yeah. I talk to a lot of food world people and they kind of all say the same, you know, we all have the same story about food. So I'm kind of curious um, about your food background. Sure. I asked you if on a scale of one to 10, how good a cook you are. And that's kind of a question that I ask lots and lots of people. Yeah. And you said, I think I said five yeah. and that's, I mean, honestly, if that, if that's just about my cooking abilities, then that's I'm probably overshooting. Okay. But, Cause <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm probably like a two, a okay. two or a three. In terms of my cooking, but I thought it was kind of about my overall, like, sort of, you know, sensitivity to food or like awareness of like what food, you know. And I, I'm not like a, a foodie. I don't like I'm not a food snob, but there, okay. I do have my food spots like that I love um, in a lot of because I travel around so much. So in a lot of cities around the country, and especially you know in my hometown in Michigan, and uh, and also in LA where I live now. Uh, so, I, so I have my spots, and I, I have an awareness of food, even if I'm not much of a cook. So I was going to ask you, because you travel so much, if you find that that gives you insight into better... Like, do you seek out good restaurants where you're going, or do you, like, yeah. I go to this diner when I'm in Rochester, I eat a garbage plate, or, what, you know, like, you know what to get when you're someplace? Well, well uh, my brother Peter has been touring with me doing Found Magazine for the last 10 years, and uh, we our, our, our favorites are sushi, Thai, and Indian okay. food, so... We're all, we usually are just asking people, you know, at our events, like, hey, what, you know, so we know where to go that night or the next day. You know, what's the best sushi Thai or Indian place? Or uh, we have kind of a fun game that we developed when we were in Sacramento, California, which is just to ask people on the street where the best sushi restaurant is, but people that maybe might not have a good sense <laughs> for it or might not be fa- sushi fans. Uh huh. This was born out of this one particular afternoon when we were just kind of we got into Sacramento a couple hours before our show and and. Uh, and I was like, "There's got to be a." This is before smartphones and stuff like this. You know, it was five years ago. Remember that? And uh, <laughs> I, I, I just leaned out the window, and there was this like loping white dude with, you know, shaved head and just kind of a mean-looking dude, you know. But, but I was like, "Well, you, you can't, you, you know, you might, know. you might approach anybody. You can't just, you know, not interact with people because of how they look or what, what you, how you think they might respond." So I was like, "Hey, man, uh, do you know where the? Is there like a great sushi restaurant around here? Around here?" And he just turned, and he, his eyes got all wide, and he was like, "Sushi, <laughs> sushi," and and uh, he was like, and he just shook his head and like kind of disgust. And uh, and so, anyways, we 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 play the Sacramento game, and we always <laughs> roll around towns. But the thing is, people have led us to some great sushi Thai and Indian restaurants. Do you um, look for the person and, most unlikely to tell you? Oh, uh, we look for anybody. Just okay. the first person we see. So sometimes it's someone who looks quite likely. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of a 
profiling type of game, I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, who, 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 who's to say who is the person who's most likely or least likely to know? It's true. So we just ask anybody, and we get uh, some funny responses, though. But, um, but you know, I, I did work as a cook for really? seven years, um, mostly pizza? as a delivery driver. But I worked at a pizza place in high school and college in Ann Arbor, Michigan, called Bell's Pizza. Okay. Is it still there? Um, is that a live caller? No, it's my iPad that I don't know how to make the sound go off on. So um, uh, just ignore me. Yeah, no, I, I uh, and Bell's Pizza is like whenever I go home, it's just so good, and um, and you know you have those spots back in your hometown that you just can't wait to eat. There's yeah. a place called Thompson's Pizza in a nearby town. There's Cosmo Deli is like a Korean. These guys are all getting free advertising. De- deli that that. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, these are like the spots people that in, in Ann Arbor know, you know, F- Fleetwood Diner is like the late night spot. That's okay. it's actually pretty good. You know, there's, um, you know, there's, there's just a, a bunch of places that you're just so excited. There's a, there's a Thai restaurant in the kind of like in some strip mall on the west side of town. It just doesn't seem like that would be like the place to have an amazing Thai restaurant, but there, but it is. Right. Yeah. I was always told that if there's a, uh, an Asian restaurant in built into a hotel, to eat there. That that's funny. That's the the other Thai restaurant in Ann Arbor is Siam Square. Is um, it built o- into old, like the a... old Siam is the, is my favorite, but but Siam Square is near my folks' house. It's built into this pretty rundown motel that's that's on the uh, it's like near the interstate, right near my folks' house. Right, and it's it's good. Yeah, it's, it's really there's good. a place by us that is we. I live in kind of a culinary wasteland, and. But built into the Econo Lodge is a place where people travel from all over, like the, the tri-state area, to come to their dim sum. And we went there, and <laughs> these guys came out to us. We were like one of, I don't know, four Anglo couples, and everybody yeah. else was like super excited and dressed up like they just come from church. And these guys were like, "Oh, did you Yelp here?" And I didn't realize that that was like a verb. And now in the era of smartphones, right? Last week I actually talked about when people's food gets delivered, how often they take their phone out and snap a picture of it, like that. Oh that's yeah, something that you must see that all the way. Well, do your listeners know where you're situated and what the view is from here? Because this is unusual. Here, I've done, just I've, describe it. To I've you, been though. a I've been a podcast guest, podcast guest <laughs> on some other cool shows, um, like Too Beautiful to Live. Yeah, that's one of one of my favorites. Yeah, um, we have a mutual friend in Luke Burbank. Yes, he's the man. Um, but uh, but I. I've never quite seen a setup like this. Basically, we're in a little, um, uh, little recording studio, but the the glass normally we, you'd be looking into where the engineer might be sitting or something. It's actually looking into this uh, the dining area of a pizza joint, right? Mm-hmm. What is this place called? This is called Roberta's, and it's an iconic, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? When I when I when they said to me, "Oh, we broadcast from the back of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick," I thought like a pizza place with fluorescent lights and red and white checkered tablecloth yeah and it's right. not that at all this no, is like it's cool it's amazing and um we're actually i think that we're, girl is beautiful i know that it, with, the, with her parents sometimes they look at you and they wave yeah and they she looked back picture. here twice um <laughs> maybe she's looking at you see so so um, a sequel. I, a I think she's just like one of those weird people <laughs> doing in the window um <laughs> well, we're, we we're talking about her obviously <laughs> is this being pumped into that right that room right now no can they hear us? Okay. no but sometimes Damn we can it. hear them okay <laughs> Um, so, so do your listeners know about how you got into, like, d- you developed an interest in food in the first place? So, yeah, Share that story with me, because I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if you've shared it too yeah, much Yeah, no, already. no, I'll give you the, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version. Yeah. Um, 
I was cooking from the age I, where I could see over the stove. I had an agreement with my mom that when I could see over the stove, I could start cooking. And uh, all through high school and college, I paid my bills working in bars and restaurants. I dated a wine importer for a long time, and that was really exciting. Uh, I got to travel around the, Germany and France uh, tasting wine. And, but it was always something that I did as a hobby. And then I got stuck in a job in a cubicle and my life went completely off the rails, mm. and I hated it. And right. I had a three-hour commute in each direction wow. to go and do nothing because my Amazing. job was like it, I had nothing to do. Uh, yeah, you would hope you could telecommute if you're going to do nothing. You yeah, could no, at least I had to be do there. it from home. I had to be there, and so um, after a few false starts of trying, thinking I was going to be a yoga instructor, or I was going to open a knitting studio. Sure. Um, I told my husband, "No, you should know. I have multiple. I've, I've gone to a lot of school because I." Okay. Multiple husbands? No, no. Oh, <laughs> no, multiple I mean, hey, degrees. Although this uh, morning I did tell him he was my uh, favorite husband ever that I've ever had. So <laughs> you, did, you did what? You I told him he was the favorite oh, husband. Oh, my that's favorite nice. Husband. Yeah, I mean, so far, you know, yeah. he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and we have well, a one-year-old, so we don't get any sleep. So we course. kind of forgive each other for saying things that are uh, borderline offensive. What, what, do you, what do you, so having a one-year-old, what, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but as someone who is passionate about food, what yeah. what do you cook? Is there is there is there ever... A point where you, you've gone too far and created a dish that's too elegant for, for a one-year-old <laughs> for to, to appreciate, or is he a total foodie now? At this He's point? a total foodie. I've yeah. never given him anything that he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And when you when you get down in the bottom of the bowl and he hears the spoon scraping, yeah, he starts to freak out. Like he knows that lunch is ending and he loses his shit. Do, do you do you believe? I I have a lot of friends that are have you know parents of new new parents, mm-hmm. and uh, they. You know, I, I guess there's some disagreement about you know what this you know what food should be off limits, if any food should be off limits. How, where do you fall on that spectrum? The only thing that I haven't given him yet that would be on the off limits spectrum is peanut butter, and that's mm-hmm. only because his grandmother is highly allergic. Right. So okay. because you there's it, like you don't a, have like much of it around, chance. anyways. Oh, oh, oh he it. might be. He may be because there's. So what uh, I'm gonna. Trait, yeah. I haven't told my pediatrician this yet, but he yes. goes for his one year birthday, and I'm gonna bring a little container of peanut butter and give it to him in the office just in case. So that so be there on yeah. site if yeah. something and goes wrong. You know, she's cool. She's like a nurse practitioner, so she's kind. Can of, I they mean, test? Can they? Is there like a pinprick test for, for peanut peanuts? butter? I don't so know. that I don't know. You just have to try it. And I see. think I'm just gonna try it. My okay. husband, uh, his boss, and the, and his. His boss and her wife have a newborn, and or now he's not a newborn. Right. He's much older. But at the time that they were trying to figure out when to introduce peanut butter, she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Okay, you can you can try peanut butter now." So right. she went home and she told uh, the dad, Keith. She said, "Keith, okay, we can try him on peanut butter." And he said, "Try him on peanut butter. I've been giving him peanut butter for a year." Uh, <laughs> so right. yeah, I mean the, the you know, and it's even crazier when you're pregnant of like what you can eat. I ate anything I wanted. I you know, sure. I ate raw milk cheese. I you know, which, yeah. I you know I got a I had a root canal I I did not drink which was yeah. really hard and I had oh, a root canal yeah and they gave me high powered Vicodin ooh totally fine but I couldn't have a glass of red wine with dinner There's wait I, but wrong. I thought I thought now that the thinking is that you can be pregnant and have and drink you can or that it's like good to after the first the, trimester everyone is kind of starting to soften their hardline approach yeah you don't get wasted but but no, maybe the, but like yeah. a glass. Like, you know, every hour is cool. A glass the of wine every thing hour. that I've heard is that yeah. if you tell women they can have one glass of wine, most of them, myself included, are going to have three. Right. So and they're not, I don't think they're comfortable telling them that it's okay to have three. By, so by giving permission, <laughs> sure, just saying sure. not to. So um, uh, when you were a kid, did your parents cook? Yeah. Um, some. Some. Uh, my, my mom would make um, pancakes in the shape of fish. Okay. So they're called fish pancakes. It was kind of cute. She'd take the <laughs> spatula and, like, turn them into fish. That was pretty sure. awesome. 
we were we were kind of on our own. Um, but uh, she, she did make food sometimes. We we kind of fended for ourselves. So I mean, I did learn at an early age how to cook certain foods, okay. um, bagels. You know, uh, well, toast toast them. I guess sure. it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, cereal. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see what else. What else was I making? Um, uh, sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Were the, was that like a sense of pride? Like I make a mean. Sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I still have a, a sense of pride about my my sandwiches. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, I made a really good one the other day with eggplant and hummus. It was really good. Now, now here's here's a question I have for you um, because I am not much of a cook, as mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, I'm I do I'm really good at having uh, my favorite uh, restaurants on on uh, phone numbers memorized. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and having my favorite is having my favorite dish. So it's a, it's like... a form of cooking. It's okay. a, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's collaborative with the chefs at the restaurant. Do they know that it's collaborative? I'm, well, I mean, I think they respect my appreciation for their cooking. Okay. Okay. And so. Um, but my question for you is, you know, what are some simple dishes that you could teach me how to make? We don't have a kitchen set in front of us, but, but like, tell me, I, I like most foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really gotten into asparagus and Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. recently. Those are mm-hmm. damn good. Mm-hmm. But like, what are just a few, and I'm also trying to eat better because okay. I eat pretty horribly, especially when I'm traveling, you know, it's just hard to, you know, find good stuff. And I, um, but, but so what? what can you teach me like one or two dishes that I could make and just tell me how to do it and that I wouldn't yes. have thought of like a a snack or a, or actually like an actual meal? Sure. That's Do you want something that you can um, kind of put together on the go or something that you could make if you had a kitchen? Just, just at home. Just at okay. home. Something that I, I have a kitchen. But something I could like like shop for, shop for and like stock my – you know, I, I guess I have – I like getting a lot of groceries, but it's always stuff like bananas and like hummus and carrots, you know, mm-hmm. just stuff that I can like – I guess that I don't. There's no cooking involved. So take your carrots. But I'm also, but also that my limit to like my cooking aspirations are limited to like something I can make in like five minutes, sure. like a sandwich, you know. Yeah. Okay. So take your carrots. Yeah. And some Brussels sprouts, and a couple of like a, a an eggplant. I, this is how ignorant. This is where, where we're starting. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I represent at least some percentage, small percentage of your I'm listeners. I'm fairly or, certain or you represent all of my listeners. So okay. So there's no such thing as a dumb. Like question. like I don't even know how to find brussels sprouts at the i, I i've he, eaten them on, on sandwiches and stuff before they're good but I, where are they like at the grocery store and what do they come in like a bag or, or it depends they, on your grocery store yeah. sometimes they come in like a paper pint container like yeah. a cup with that's stuffed with the uh, with the brussels sprouts and yeah. then a piece of plastic on top of the rubber band snapped around it okay and those are and they're really healthy right they're super healthy okay good i'm trying to eat healthier uh, so, this okay. is the best time of year to go to the farmer's market so if there's oh, any farmer's yeah, market yeah there's one right near my house in downtown they will have brussels uh, echo park la yes all right in cool LA, they probably have Brussels sprouts in LA. Okay. Well, I, I can find out at the supermarket if nothing else. Just don't get them what, frozen. What, what area? Just in the where the vegetables are? Where the vegetables are. are. Okay. Yeah. okay. So you cut them in half someone. if they're big. Yeah. If they're small, just leave them whole. Baby carrots? Are you buying I baby can ask carrots? that guy in Sacramento uh, that, that we saw on the street where the Brussels sprouts are. In the grocery store. <laughs> Brussels sprouts? <laughs> Brussels sprouts? Who eats Brussels sprouts? Okay. No, cut them uh, in a bite-sized piece. Or cut them in half. If you have baby carrots, put those in a bowl with your cut-up Brussels sprouts. If you find a long, skinny Japanese eggplant. They're like, instead of being the big fat Italian eggplant, they're okay. long and skinny. What color are they? Purple or white. You'll like find purple. them at the farmer's market for sure. Okay. Cut them up, put them into a bowl, toss them with olive oil, salt, and pepper. Ooh. Dump them onto a cookie sheet. Yes. Spread them into a single layer. Okay. Stick them in the oven at 475 for 10 minutes. Done. Oops. Wow. I was, I was trying to be. That there sounds... <laughs> okay, so so just carrots, Brussels sprouts, and some... Uh, eggplant? And some eggplants. 
potatoes would work. Okay. Any vegetable that you like that's super oh, yeah. fresh. Here And so here's the rule of thumb. Instead of giving you a second dish, I'll give you a dish and a rule. Okay, gotcha. Buy the freshest stuff you can find. Okay. So at the farmer's market is best. Right. Really good bread, really good eggs. If you start with really fresh ingredients, your food's automatically going to taste better because it didn't sit in a truck for, you know, 20 months or whatever. Sure, sure. Um, so we need to take a station break. Will you stick around and answer a listener question that I picked out? Because I think uh, it's sort of particular to what you and I do for a living. Sure, I'd love it. Okay, cool. I'll be here. Oh, well, I, I just this one's called Thank You by the California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Stay tuned for more Sharp and Hot. following is an actor reading an actual customer email from Heritage Foods USA. My family and I enjoyed the Heritage Turkey. It was far superior to the regular mass-produced turkeys in terms of flavor and texture. Absolutely delicious and worth the difference in price. We will never go back to the regular turkeys. It made our holidays more enjoyable. Thank you, Heritage Foods USA. Heritage Foods USA hopes you had a great holiday season. For more specials on pork, beef, and other meats, visit www.heritagefoodsusa.com. All right, we're back on Sharp and Hot. Uh, this is Chef Emily Peterson here with Davey Rothbart. Um, so we're, I'm going to play a listener question. The way that this show works is that I have listeners call in and ask questions on the voicemail or Facebook or tweet sure. them, and then I answer them. And so it's anonymous, so people can ask questions without feeling any pressure to sound like they know more than they do. Right, but so. you'll tell me who they are. After, which okay. I, absolutely, I will divulge their uh, okay. identity. Okay, great. great. <laughs> Hi, Chef Emily. This is Joe. I'm calling from Southampton. You know, uh, I've been giving a lot of thought to starting my own hot sauce company. Um, getting sick of my job. It's one of those times in my life where I want to change your pace, and my friends always say to me, you know, you make the best hot sauces. You make the best hot sauces. You should just make these and sell these. I'd buy it. And so, you know, that to me says, like, maybe I got something here. So anyway, my question is, you know, any pointers on how to get the ball rolling and starting a hot sauce business? Thanks, guys. So I get asked this question a lot yeah. because I jumped ship. I left a master's degree and a salary and vacation time and all that sure. to do something that's pretty much the opposite of that. Right. Um, so Joe's calling to ask about jumping ships to start a hot sauce business, which I can answer his question from sort of the culinary and business end of, but I'm wondering as another sort of hustler entrepreneur, how, yeah. what would you tell someone who was like, I want to quit my job and start a company? Do it. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I think, you know, we only live once. I mean, there's security and stability in, in the nine to five job and, and that's has its advantages for sure. But, you know, you want to spend your time doing something that you really love and are passionate about. Now, you know, I think people don't always realize that, you know, when you're a self-employed artist or writer, filmmaker, whatever it is, you know, you're also kind of, you're managing a small business. And, you know, some, for example, Found Magazine, 
that I started 12 years ago with some friends, you know, we, you know, the the fun part is making the magazine and, you know, and sharing it with people during our found live shows. But the, you know, but, but a lot of the time goes into, you know, corresponding with bookstores and, you know, advertisers or whoever, whoever it is. And, and so you're, you're essentially kind of running a small business. So you don't, the, the tasks don't always necessarily match, you know, where the part of it, where your passion lies. What at percentage the, at, of at the same time, it's it's way easier yeah. to to do those things to do the stuff that if if you were doing them, you know, for an hourly wage or at some even a salary, you know, at some other business, um, you would you'd be completely bored. But when you're doing it for your own project, it's easy to just have that, you know, that that desire and that motor to work around the clock on it. So I mean, I love DIY projects. I mean, every everything I do is just kind of my own, you know, my own thing. I mean, it's. I think I work more hours than I, I envy my friends who have nine to five jobs and they're always like planning a vacation or they're always <laughs> going to a music festival yep. for a weekend. And I'm just like, I, you know, or, you know, it's Friday or Saturday night and they're like telling me they're some party and I'm at home working on my projects. But like, you know, ultimately it's, it's more fun. I feel more satisfied. There's, it's really nourishing when, when people, you know, like the work that you're doing, you know, it, it means for Joe who, you know, the first, you know, few responses he gets from customers who are just raving about his hot sauce. I mean, that's going to mean more to him than years spent at a job that, that just didn't mean that much to him. So it's a, it's a balance. It's a trade off. You know, people have to be prepared for the financial challenges and, and the, uh, and the, and the, you know, pushing their energy and to, to it's like uttermost reserve. But, I think it's worth it personally. I tell everybody run away, join the circus, yeah. do it. Yeah. I when I rode the train here today, I was standing, I was sitting and I was surrounded by five people who were all wearing pinstripe suits. Uh-huh. And they were talking about I was trying I was genuinely trying to understand what they did yeah. and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Like so we do the 600s and then we pass that over to so and so and he does whatever he can do with it and then they're going to throw it back to us. And for like 8 minutes solid I listened to them. I could not tell you what industry they were in. Right. And right. I just I go through moments, and I, I'm curious to know if you do the same thing where I think I need to get like a real job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, do, I sometimes do. Well, I think I mean part of it too is it's easy when you don't have kids, as I don't. Um, that no, I know, but no, I thought I, it would it, change, it, it's, but it's 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 even it's, more pro- powerful because I don't yeah, want my kids to think you don't want to model. Well, my, she tried my, it and she jumped ship. Yeah, my dad worked a job that he he was he worked at the University of Michigan, um, kind of in charge of like uh, janitorial and repair for this building on campus. And um and he, and he really didn't like the job that much. Uh, he liked the people he worked with, but he, he didn't like the job. And 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 I know he did it to sacrifice, you know, so that me and my brothers would have opportunities and get to do the stuff we wanted to do. Did you get and, to go to college for free? Um, no, yeah. not, <laughs> not, not for free. But you, but in state at Michigan is pretty. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty reasonable. Um, and so I feel like he gave us those opportunities so that we wouldn't take that path, you know. And so yeah. so sometimes, you know, I think I want to have a family one day, and maybe I would, you know. For example, I, I enjoy teaching, and I think I could imagine getting a job as a professor at a u- university and mm-hmm. teaching writing, teaching filmmaking. Um, but uh, I don't know; that's down the road, and and any and even that doesn't feel like uh, the same as you know an office job or or anything else. Yeah, it's very. I feel like it's very permanent to take a job. I was a teacher for four years in the yeah. public school system, so mm-hmm. I well, I remember. You know, there is a, there's a a sense of security and that you have something to do every day. And then there's also the like, God, I have something to do every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think that there's even one blanket answer to whether or not to do it. For example, you know, I have friends who, 
they're really creative you know people they're really talented people but they they have really good jobs mm-hmm. and and so they they find a way they don't their their creative interests are not marginalized they actually have you know rigorous you know they're they're musicians That's or or they're or they're filmmakers and they but they you know they they really do it you know and uh but they just also have this like other job on the side maybe it's a flexible job maybe it's like their web developer or something where they can you know if they want to go on tour for three weeks they can right. you know um I, so i i think there's another approach which is not to you know necessarily quit your job and run away from everything and just try to do everything i mean i, I respect when people do that my my friend jacob super talented musician in san francisco he he quit you know he he quit this really nice job at this internet company um because t- so he could really focus on his music he felt like he just wasn't quite being as active as he as he would be if he wasn't working full time you know at an office job right. so he he moved into his van on, on, in san francisco he he's got a nice studio space uh, where he practices with the ba- with his band and and he sleeps there sometimes too but um you know he's 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 like really way more dedicated to his music now and, he, and his motor for it is higher and he's playing more and and traveling more with it and so it's like you know sometimes there's something to be said for you know just kind of going there and and doing everything but but i also think there's another path which is finding a balance and finding a way to you know so joe for example um Mm -hmm. you know he could you know starting a hot sauce company doesn't mean you have to quit your 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 job i mean you could that's something that you could he could do 20 hours a week on the side maybe maybe he asks his job hey can i go from five days to four can I go from five to three? You know, right. maybe there's some way to meet halfway. I don't know. I don't think there's one answer, but I think earlier what you said earlier too, being prepared to work all the time because that's the, yeah. I think that's the thing that no that I wasn't quite prepared for. Yeah, but I think I might also be addicted to work. It's so. well, <laughs> and, and I and I am too. But it's it's fun. It's fun when you're working on your own yeah. stuff, and yeah. and the rewards are just so so much more meaningful. I guess it's true. The uh, what you what is the expression? If you do what you love, you'll never work another day. We need that. We need that I, on the poster up here on the wall. I, I think that's good advice. So, um, what one one of the other things that I have the listeners do is call in and tell me their answers to the question of the week. Right. Last week, I posed the question, "What is your earliest food memory?" Mm. And uh, we got this from Rebecca. And then I'm going to ask you to tell yours. Sure. And then I'll ask you to tell everybody where they can find you. And then we got to go because somebody else needs a studio, and they're about to kick us out. Sounds good. <laughs> Hey, Chef Emily, this is Rebecca from Manhattan. Um, my earliest food memory is uh, probably um, watching my mom bake in the kitchen and then deciding that I needed to learn how to practice my cooking as well, or my mixing, uh, for that matter, and decided to mix the sugar and the salt. And my mom only found out when she went to put sugar in her coffee and it tasted like salt. Um, <laughs> needless to say, uh, I wasn't quite aware what was going on at that time, but, um, I have now learned the difference between sugar and salt and, uh, yep, it, it's worked out very well for me. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. I feel like awesome. everyone's got that story. Yeah. Everyone's got yeah. a mix up the sugar and salt story. With yeah. Sugar cookies. What's yours? Well, it may have to do with a a prank I played on my older brother. We he's three years and one day older than me, and we we you know we had our share of sibling rivalries, and my mom would make these uh these kind of like chocolate protein milks for us mm-hmm. every morning. I think she'd make she'd make them the night before, and that was like our thing. We would drink in the morning, have some kind of I don't know what tiger's milk or I don't even know yeah, what it's called, but yeah. healthy healthy morning drink. Our our chocolate milk, and his was the green 
Tupperware cup. Mine was the pink one. But uh, one night we just had this awful row, <laughs> and uh, and 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 I was like, I gotta get him. I don't. And I had this sort of burst of inspiration. My parents had a liquor cabinet. They drank like maybe once a year. Okay. And um and so there was just these dusty old bottles beneath the record player, and I uh, I pulled out a giant thing of of rum. I think it was rum or brandy, and I just like emptied half of my brother's chocolate milk, filled it with that rum, and then <laughs> I mean it could have actually been dangerous. Like I, it was How probably a fair amount. I was like four. Oh my god. Yeah, five, maybe five. Okay. I knew that that okay. was like yucky stuff. Yeah. And that it would taste make it his thing taste weird right but i mean it was probably a fair amount of rum and he was like seven or eight or and um and uh the next day i remember th- i mean he, he really didn't get that far into it he drank like a, a, you know, a few gulps and then he was like <laughs> had this crazy wrong. look on his face and he was like something's really wrong and and my mom kind of smelled it and she was like oh there must have been like a bad egg or something in there <laughs> and she like she dumped it out but uh but I always remember that look on my older brother's face, and he still doesn't know <gasps> that I that I was the one that that, that pulled that off. Is he going to listen to you now? Oh, uh, hopefully he gonna, not. Is he, this he, your coming clean? Well, my brother is GSM actually, is so he? we have the same. We have, <laughs> hopefully, and we have come yeah, full we, yeah. We so we have to uh, make sure that he. Uh, that's why he looks like me. Yeah, we have to make sure that he. Uh, that that we'll both have a reason to make sure he doesn't hear the show. If he asks, I have no idea why we called him GSM. Uh, okay, How can enough. people find out about you? Um, there's a couple of websites that have all of uh, my information on it. And that is actually something I was going to recommend to Joe or anyone starting a DIY enterprise, whether it's hot sauce or anything else. It's just having a, a really good website, you know, mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Yeah. So, um, uh, well, the book, my heart is an idiot. Uh, it just came out in paperback and, uh, it's like personal essays about my own misadventures and loving relationships. And also interesting people I've met over the last 10 years as I've been traveling around the country doing found magazine stuff. So there's an awesome website. Uh, made, made by my friend, my friend Zach Gaynor in Seattle. He's a great web 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 designer, and uh, the site is myheartisanidiotbook.com. So if you go to that website, myheartisanidiotbook.com, there's there's an excerpt from the book. Um, there's a uh, there's some videos, including one of my dad rapping about his favorite essay. I saw that. And, 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 and the uh, and uh, and there's a bunch of other uh, great stuff about the book. So it's if people are curious, that's a great way to check out the book. Myheartisanidiotbook.com, and then of course foundmagazine.com. We've had going for twelve years. Um, it's all notes and letters that people found on the ground, find on the street, love letters, to-do lists, journal entries. Every day we post a new favorite find on there, our favorite that we received the day before. So uh, check out foundmagazine.com. And I'm on tour right now uh, going to uh, about 10 more cities in the next week and a half. So, <laughs> so uh, we have you know Brooklyn, of course, our big event tomorrow night at Powerhouse Arena. Thursdays in Boston, going on to Portland, Maine, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, San Francisco, and L.A. So uh, you know, let your friends know that we're headed their way foundmagazine.com it's got all the event information and uh, and great finds so i hope people listening will uh find stuff and send it to us awesome davy it's been an absolute pleasure thanks thank so you much for coming for thank you me, for Emily. being my first guest oh yeah you I, might I be like it. a trivia question someday i hope so uh and let's see i have to pose next week's question of the week so that people have a question to answer um which is what is the best food item you've ever had we've already done what your favorite meal was and we got some really good responses, but I want to know uh, the best food thing you've ever eaten. And if you have any more cooking questions for me, yeah. Davey, and the rest of you can tweet me at Chef Emily P. Find me on Facebook forward slash Sharp and Hot or visit sharpenhot.com, which is a website that I designed myself. So any feedback would be appreciated. Nice. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you again next week.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>